Greetings, fellow planeswalkers. I'm James. And I'm Paul. And you're listening to the newest episode of the Commander at Arms podcast. This week on the podcast, we have a very special guest today. We have Corey from the Commander Crew. How are you, Corey? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for being here, mate. So uh, this is where we usually do our upkeep trigger here, where we talk about the play of the week. But I think I'm going to throw it over to Corey to talk about his play of the week if he has one. God. Um, I mean, I guess the only thing I have is I the, the last video we put up was, uh, if you're into this sort of thing, the Rick, uh, Rick Walking Dead commander I played, uh, it turns out Call of the Coppercoats is pretty busted in a human's deck when someone's playing a token deck and has 28 creatures on board. Uh, so yeah, you cast Call of the Coppercoats into a board that someone has 28 creatures on their end step, and then you have 28 plus whatever creatures you already have, and I'll have lifelink and vigilance and it's, it's such a great feeling that I never <laughs> knew I could have playing a mono white deck and then you just kill everybody and then everybody hates you. You know, it's one of those things, but you're just like, I'm playing mono white. How can that be, you know, bad? How could I, well, first of all, how could I be doing good playing mono white is the real question. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and apparently when you just have a whole bunch of humans and cards that care about humans, it's not that hard to do. Rick is also yeah. an anthem for humans, right? Or does he just get the yes, keywords? It, yeah, if you have four more humans, all humans get plus two, plus two. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's balanced, yeah. Plus the keywords. <laughs> so in that case, it was Vigilance and Lifelink. Yeah, that's so fair. It was it was pretty pretty broken. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's fair magic, isn't it? Like, that, that's what we call yeah. fair yeah. mid magic. <laughs> totally. Totally. All right. Um, I actually haven't played any magic. Otherwise, I would also give uh, an upkeep trigger here. But I haven't been feeling too well. I don't want to give too many details on that because it wasn't a particularly pretty kind of not feeling well. Uh, not COVID or anything. Just not That's something nothing. that I want, I want to advertise on the show. <laughs> <clears throat> I have been playing Commander recently. I've actually been playing a lot of Commander with my mates back home. Um, but, I mean, how much fun can you have when you get targeted with every single spell and you can't develop a board state? Yeah. Oh, I was That's in that me. game. <laughs> you were in that game. I forgot about that game. <laughs> you bastards killed me. <laughs> From every which way to Sunday, it was like removal spell. Let's not touch Golos. We don't. Golos is fine. Let's hit Kalamax, even though he's done nothing but cast Kalamax three times in a row, three turns in a row because people keep killing it. Hey, I try. I didn't do anything to Kalamax. Okay, I and tried to you let won. you have your fun. It's <laughs> <laughs> like. Like, like everyone sees Kalamax. I mean, everyone was around when it came out. I mean, it's just it's one of those things that you see a tapped Kalamax and it's like, oh God, he's going to win the game where it's like, all I want to do is make tokens and then make more tokens and then cast spells to copy to make tokens. You know, it's funny. I thought we'd be over that phase of Kalamax by now. No. Nah. Like when he first came bit. out, it was a big deal, but I thought it would be over by now. I no. don't, I don't, I don't think, I mean, if I, I've played against a few Kalamax decks, it's not one of those, I want to kill it immediately cards though. Like Golos to me is way scarier. Yeah. I mean, Golos with, well, it would have like seven mana on the field easily. And then <laughs> it kept killed a couple times and you had like all of your, uh, your, your rocks on the field as well. I had, so it's a five color artifact deck with Golos at the helm who happens to be an artifact. It's pretty cool. Um, and I had seven artifact-based mana out with Unwinding Clock in play and a Shimmer Mirror. So I just got to do a lot of things. <laughs> like a lot of things. A lot of disgusting things <laughs> that 
the other guys in the playgroup were like, yeah, it's fine. Because we had one who was playing. <laughs> Paul was playing his five-colored artifact Golos deck. I was playing Calamax. Uh, my mate was playing Angie Falconrath uh madness and my other mate was playing the Raynar precon it with a couple of new cards thrown in which that precon is a lot of fun over the elf it's deck i will fun. say that it's super fun yeah everyone was like elf deck elf deck it's so broken i'm like no 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 spirits spirits is where it's at who cares that it's got four it's got foretell on it but the fact that when you exile anything on the battlefield or from your hand you you make a spirit yep. that is broken so he was it, playing it's that it's it's a different mechanic too. Like the the elves to me are just a little too straightforward. I, I was saying before we went on, like I like to dirtle, so that that foretell mechanic is super dirtly to me, and I love it. Like I have, I I've, I kept a lot of a lot of the foretell cards in there, but I also took a lot of them out, um, and yeah. kept some of the, like the really good foretell cards in there, like the the cosmic intervention, um, the behold the multiverse is really good, um, the raven form, but all the other ones kind of came out for more uh token generation and yeah. um like sack outlets and stuff and like more exile effects it makes sense so but yeah that i guess that that game that we played was my play of the week i guess because i mean that was like one of the funnest games that i've played this week besides just getting absolutely hosed on every deck i play because <laughs> i'm james yeah sure james james <laughs> is magic scum you- it's, it's official it's canon now yeah yeah <laughs> are, you, are you the player in your playgroup that gets targeted every time like is that your role yes I feel like nice. it is. Uh, I mean, I do it, play it, powerful <laughs> magic. I do play powerful cards, but I it mean, used to be me. When I'm not playing powerful cards, I'm still getting targeted. <laughs> yeah, we have one of those too. That's Chris in our group. Chris is always oh, yeah. he, he likes to play oppressively. So like he likes very staxy effects, especially lately. He likes very staxy decks and like make it so we can't do anything. And he always like, why do you guys always kill me first? It's because you don't let us play. And then he watches the videos back and he'll send me a text message like, okay, I get it. I understand why I'm targeted now. I mean, I do very similar things and I feel like me and Chris would probably get along really well as, as commander players. Like my, one of my favorite decks to play at the moment is Tulane. And I think on this podcast, I've talked about it way too many times because I have like seven decks. Um, but right now that thing is just straight. No, I wouldn't say full stacks, but it's like, you know, Destiny Spinner's in there, so my shit can't be counted. Oh, right. I got uh, Deafening Silence, there's Silence, you know, everything just kind of make, just, just, it's just bent good stuff with Chulane yeah. thrown at the helm. Um, and it does like to combo out, and that's probably why my uh, my playgroup really doesn't like me, because I went from being, <laughs> and Paul can attest to this, because I started playing Commander around the same time I met Paul, and I went from playing, like, low-powered Battle Cruiser Magic to high. Like I just skipped mid or completely. Yeah, yeah. Our our comfort zone is is mid to high, so yep. we or mid to low high. We don't like to go into like super high level stuff. Um, we we especially don't find it incredibly entertaining, at least for us. So yeah, we 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 stick in the well. Eddie and I stick in like the mid tier, and then Chris sometimes kind of goes up a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, you can't dirt one high. No, <laughs> I mean you, you can you try. need to like win on turn four and then be done, but. Yeah, I mean, you can try and dirtle in high if you want to, but you're probably going to get left way behind and then struggle oh, yeah. to kind of catch up. So, oh, yeah. I mean, my my quote-unquote high deck is Najeel of the Blade Blossom, and that thing just straight out the gate, turn one, just wants to start doing everything. Yep. And I love that deck. It's so good. Yeah. But I have a Prime Speaker Vanifar as my, like, CEDH deck, and it's yep. the same thing. It, it Turn four, you want to try to win. No. Turn three, turn three or turn four. You can, you can win with it. And like, yeah, that's all you go for. 
I very much upped the power level of our online play group here uh, just by, you know, looking on card databases and like people's primers and different decks and everything and just finding little card interactions that I was like, oh, that's really fun and really cool. And people then have to try and get up with me. And now I think we've all just taken out, like, I don't think any of our decks really run like the Cultivates and the Farseeks and any yeah. of those sorcery speed ramp cards. It's all just instant speed ramp cards and like mana dorks because they're so efficient and like wild growth and utopia sprawl. So, I mean, whoops, that was my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I kept Uh-oh. like ingesting a lot of that higher content, like play to win and um, uh, competitive, uh, casually competitive as well. And just looking at the cards they were playing and I was like, damn, man, that's a lot of fun. I want to play those cards and just try to push my meta into being more interactive because the last thing I want to do is sit there and just be like, all right, cool, Len, do my things, pass turn, and then sit there for 45 minutes while I wait for my turn to come back to me. Like, yeah. I love those, like, fast, interactive kind of, like, turns where everything starts exploding. Like, what was that game, Paul, that you and I played that we had a, uh, it was like our first official high game in, in the, uh, in the, the Discord server, and you and uh, I had, like, a free counter spell off. <laughs> yeah, I tried to, what did I try to do? I, I forgot. I think I tried to. What was it Chaos Warp? I can't I remember. Say I, tr- you- I, tr- I tried to kill Najila somehow. Uh, I tried to do something to her, and uh, you deflecting swatted, and I tried to force negation, force of will, something like that. It's been such a long time, and my memory is awful as it is, so I really can't remember. <laughs> but it was yeah, uh, there was like deflecting swats and force of wills and and pact of negations happening. It was just like three or Jan- four i think and by the end of it i ended up was like nah just fluster storm on everything of yours I, i'm gonna win this yeah yep. and it's funny because after that game james mentioned that it's not something i'm used to the the cheap interaction like that yeah because like like i said like our play group usually sits around the mid level and i'm trying to get him not to the high but like at least running a little bit more counter spell magic and some more yeah. like interactive cards um, cause I feel like that could be a lot of fun to, to have like a stack off with the whole yeah. table where it's just like, everybody's throwing in cards and you're like, all right, what's happening on this stack. All right, let's resolve it. Yeah. You need to like step back for a minute and like, look at every single layer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, that's kind of where yeah. I come into it with like where I, where I want to be playing magic essentially, but I, I still yeah. have to dirtle. I still have to sit there and just play long, you know, three, four hour games. Remember like one of my first games of commando was like five and a half hours and it didn't feel that long. Yeah, it's that's it's funny when I first started playing that that pushed me away from Commander when we first started because I started playing with this group of people. I don't know, maybe f- seven years ago now at this point. Jeez. Um, and we used to just do standard um, and we would play multiplayer every once in a while. And I hated how long it, like we would be playing for like two hours in one game and be like, why are we doing this? This is taking so long. Um and then someone introduced me to the the 2015 precons, the ones that had the planeswalkers as the the commanders, and they were like, "Listen, we're gonna sit down, we're gonna do a, a legitimate commander game." And then after that one time, that one game, that was it. I was in love. Um, but yeah, that, that like those crazy long, dirtily turns. Like initially, I hated it. I was like, "This is so boring. What am I doing? <laughs> Why am I sitting through this? This is the dumbest thing ever." And now I love it. Now that's what I like every deck I build. I'm like, okay, what's the most ridiculously long thing I can do? That's going to like do a bunch of fun interactions with my stuff, with other people's stuff and go from there. Yeah. So what, what caught me, what caught me about commander in the first place is I was, I was a 
not not really standard. I was a limited player. I loved limited. Still do. I just I haven't you know obviously with things the way they are, haven't been able to get out and do that a lot. Um, and there was one time where I got knocked out early, and there were people playing Commander. They had huge decks, and I was like, "Guys, why are your decks so big? What format are you playing?" And they're like, "Oh, we're playing Commander. You ever play?" It's like, "No." So he's like, "Here you go. This is a Nimizid deck. Go ahead, take take a uh, take a shot." Uh, Nimizid the Fire Mind for anyone that's curious, and because um, this this was 20, 2012, right around when Return of Ravnica had just come out, and I picked it up. I drew seven cards, and I knew not a single card in my hand at that point. And I was like, boom, I'm in. I love this format. <laughs> <laughs> no basic lands, no no nothing. Just like, let's go. One speed. <laughs> uh, I, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. that was a, a very long upkeep. Probably playing uh, Send Triplets <laughs> or something like that. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of new commanders you'd be playing that, that want to play, you know, play in their upkeep. It's very uh, true. It's very true. Eskia, but, um, the Prismatic Bridge. That thing wants to be playing in, in its upkeep. So you have uh, yeah. Sphinx of the Second Sun, Paradox Haze. We uh, we do have a, a new guest, and I would love it, Corey, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, yeah. uh, anything else you want to share. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, my name's Corey. Uh, I'm part of the channel, The Commander Crew. Um, you can find us on all social media platforms at uh, at the commander crew except for twitter we're just commander crew um but yeah we've uh we've been a channel now for about two years maybe a year and a half um and we really kind of took off and started doing a lot of content obviously when uh the world ended you know that we had a lot of free time yeah. on our hands <laughs> so we started doing a lot more then um but yeah we do we do a mix of a ton of stuff we do gameplay videos we do recently a lot of deck techs um we have one guy, Chris, who's big into like budget commander. So, you know, if you want to get budget deck techs or watch, uh, he, he works with, um, he doesn't work directly with Mitch at commander's quarters, but, uh, Mitch has given him his blessing to use Mitch's commander's quarters decks on this, uh, this show we call Ken the quarters compete, uh, which basically Chris plays Mitch's decks on magic online and sees if they can stack up to like higher tier decks or decks that obviously don't have really a budget in place. So, um, so yeah, we kind of span all aspects of the commander play space from gameplay to, you know, regular deck text to budget deck text uh, and and all sorts of stuff. And then just we do you know, typical podcast style. Uh, we answer que- uh, questions from Reddit all the time. We go to the r slash EDH uh, server there uh, and we answer people's questions uh, from there. So yeah, we kind of kind of span all across commander uh, as far as like the topics go. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. I'll probably say this again at the end, but since we're already, you know, getting towards midway here, uh, please go check out Commander Crew and help Corey out, give him some uh, yeah. some viewership, some love. Thank you. Not tell only would we appreciate you. it, but I'm sure he would Because why well. not? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> tell we're, him, tell uh, him the boys be... at Commander Dom sent y'all, and we're, you'll get yeah, an extra We're going to be doing a big giveaway life. soon, too. Um, we bought a bunch of extra secret layers um i won't say which ones yet but we bought a few of them and we're going to be doing those as like giveaways uh probably in the next like two or two months or so because they take forever to get to us so um so yeah keep your eyes open Ooh. for that little sneak peek into the uh behind the scenes there eh? yeah i love yeah, it. a little something <laughs> a little something something for yeah. the people oh gotta nice. show some skin or something i don't know that's what people say right <laughs> feet, feet picks something like that feet picks. the only feet fans picks? in the oh, work geez. is it no one wants to see my feet. Yeah, that's what it is. It's actually secret layer Corey's feet. Where 
I just take photos of my feet and I I super glue them to cards like crisscross. It's great. Ooh. So if you want those, come to the channel. <laughs> <laughs> We're giving them away for free. Uh, that's some sort of like altar sleeve we'd have to make right there. Oh God! Some no some sort of that. altar sleeve or altar of just feet pics on cards. <laughs> like in, actually, like, that probably would be. A, a thing people want oh yeah of course like instead yeah. of ponder being like two hands and like three orbs it's like two feet <laughs> <laughs> i've created oh, a monster man. that's so funny uh james i think you had something yeah. that you wanted to bring up for today so I'm, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and let you introduce it some time spiral stuff yeah so kind of time recently stuff? on times uh recently on twitter i have been receiving many messages and stuff about time spiral and specifically the time spiral curling that I've seen a lot about it on Twitter as well. I just wanted to get everybody's input here on the podcast about like, you know, what, what do we think wizards is going ahead with this? Like, is this something we should be worried about or like, like, wh like what's going on wizards? Like is every product you release this year going to curl or is it not like, well, what's happening? So they're all probably curled. <laughs> it's going to go on forever. The thing is like, th there's a few things that have changed, right? I know, Dominaria, I believe that's when they first changed the cardstock, so it feels more like like papery, like kind of thin. Um, and I remember I thought that was kind of weird, but I th I think it worked well. Uh, I don't have any foils from Dominaria on hand to confirm that, but uh, I certainly didn't see any complaints for a long time after that. But I think now maybe like the density of the foil, the the cardstock can't take it. It's it's weird with Time Spiral because it's only the old bordered cards, right? And it makes me think that it has something to do with the actual like print, the printer, the thing that's actually yeah. doing the printing. Uh, because the normal cards aren't that way, and I feel like maybe the card stock can't. It, it's the 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 actual old border printing is not adhering well to the card stock. That would be my guess. I don't. I can't say for sure, but it's really disturbing. And this I can confirm. I have a stack of Commander Legends foil tokens on my desk. Well, I used to have them on my desk. I just cleaned up. That literally, I could probably throw them out like a boomerang and it would come back to me. Hey, and man, it's pretty you, you, you very harshly coming into my territory there. Like, don't be, don't be talking about boomerangs. <laughs> but, but really, like, they are that curled. And it, it's... I remember back in the... When I started playing, people complained about From the Vault foils. And how yeah. how much they would curl, but I have from the vault gilded lotus. It's like the only gilded lo gilded lotus I ever use because it's so pretty. And I have a from the vault Thran Dynamo, completely flat. I've had them for seven, eight years now, completely flat. And people yeah. complained about those. Like I can only imagine what yep. those people are saying about these now, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, like they actually come out Pringled, and it's it's like what the hell? It's so it's, bad. It's you know, so bad. It's, it made me. It, it made me so thankful that when I pulled my Jeweled Lotus, I pulled it in non-foil because I didn't want it to be telegraphed yep. in my deck like my Muldrifter yep. is or my Viserys here is, you know, it's like, and then I saw on Twitter, some guy was like in the thread that they were talking about it. And this guy like showed him, showed him his deck and every single third or fourth card was a different shape. And I'm like, why, why is this a thing? You know, like the last thing I want to do is have my deck kind of like shifted everywhere and i don't know i'm one of those people who like to have their deck like nice and neatly on the table yep. and not just kind of everywhere so it just yeah, it really irks me and i just don't know why they're still allowing this to happen and i don't want to slander them because obviously like 
they're doing a good job with the cards that they're reprinting. It's just the stock that they're putting it on doesn't, I don't feel it holds up for what such a premium card, like, uh, Mana Drain and, and Vampiric Tutor, you know, like how bad of those cards would be if they were curled, you know, like I know people who have the curling there, but it's like, I don't know. It's just a mad feels bad for me. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's come to the point where I, I, I don't buy, uh, collector boosters anymore. Just knowing how bad the curl is going to be to the point where it's, it's, for me, it's not even worth a the price of buying the pack, and b just I, that agreeing. I, I, I'm the same way. I like to have my deck very neat, and I like things to be very I don't know in its place. I guess. And yeah. Having those curls, it just pushes everything off off center, and I mean, and that sounds very nitpicky, I guess. But um, yeah, same thing. Like I have a stack of of Commander Legends foils that to me are almost unplayable. It's just they're so curled and they're so there's that concave or convex, whatever. I'm not a smart person. Um, <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> I don't know what words mean. Um, it's just it look it looks so bad. I don't know. To me, it's just not it's not worth it. And like I like to foil out my like I have two commander decks that I've been foiling out or attempting to foil out for a few years now and. There are certain cards from Commander Legends. It's like I I don't want to get the foils in them because yeah. they're, they're going to look so bad. So yeah, and I I definitely agree with that too. And for me, it's like <clears throat> when you play it because you're sitting at an angle and it just I don't know. It could just be a mad OCD nitpicky thing for me as well. But the, it lifts the the sleeve up and you get yeah. the sleeves open further and then the dirt gets in the card and I don't want to have to you know double sleeve them and I mean. All this, I feel like all this kind of spanned from the secret layers as well, because we were getting yeah. a lot of the secret layers coming in curled. Um, I remember specifically, I got the God Pack, like all five of the God Packs, and they all came slightly bent. And yep. it's like, from now on, when we talk about Commander Legends, you know, 10 years from now, or maybe hopefully 10 years from now, or five years from now, are we ever going to consider those cards damaged? Or are they just going to be like, oh, it's just Commander Legends, eh, they came curled, who cares? There are that. people that already consider them damaged. Like, I've seen people selling them as like, look, man, car's mint, but it's literally so warped that you probably can't play it, so damaged. Yeah. And that is the definition of damaged, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. The, the card is either yeah. unplayable or borderline unplayable. Yeah. And that's kind of where I feel like. Yeah. My, my question, too, is, well, I mean, not so much right now, obviously, with the way things are, but with tournament play, isn't there, there's some rule against, like, Telegra- not telegraphing i guess which car like but you're gonna know like if you have a foil mall drifter in your deck and it looks like a, a literal you yeah like i'm gonna know when that mall drifter is gonna come up like okay cool it's in uh oh seven cards great i know when that's coming. <laughs> yeah you, you i'm, would, I'm gonna evoke like, that and draw two cards and draw into you know yeah. other bent cards y- you would yeah. you would be forced to use a uh, a proxy card in that case yeah that's what that's what most people do and that's that's part of the reason why Kess uh what is her name? Cast Dissident Mage. I think that's the full name. Uh, yeah. That's part of the reason why she got printed in Modern Horizons non-foil was because she was being played in like Legacy, I think maybe Vintage Fringe play. Um, and she only had a foil printing at that point. And people couldn't yeah. play the card in their deck because it was only foil and the foils, you know, curled. And so, you know, part of the reason why sometimes you can find non-foil col- copies of Cullen for more expensive than the foil one. Right? Yeah, I think you and I went through this the other day because I was yeah. like, I haven't, because I have a non-foil Calamax and that thing only cost me like not even $5. And Paul and I, I was like, oh yeah, my Calamax is non-foil and Paul's gone, wait, what? Really? Non-foil? Which means it was pulled yeah. in a collector's pack, not a uh, 
not the the pre-con. And I didn't even think about it when I bought it. I just thought I was just buying the card. And yeah, it is a couple dollars more expensive than the, the foil version. And even then, like those foils were also curling a little bit as well. So and it's, thought? <laughs> it can't just be from the heat either. Because I mean, we live in Florida, yeah. but it can't just be from like our humidity or anything. Because like these are literally coming, like, like my Commander Legends uh, booster, uh, collector's boosters that I got, the pack was bent as well. Yeah. I was yep. like, these cards are literally bending the, like the, the, is it aluminium foil around them? I think it's aluminium foil or aluminum foil. I'm sorry. Something. Um, <laughs> yeah. The foiling like around the pack was actually bent as well. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a trip. Here we go. Yeah. Hopefully I don't pull anything too expensive because I don't want to have to list it up online as, you know, slightly damaged because that's just kind of where we're going with these ones. I think the thing that bothers me the most about it is not the actual damage to the cards. I think it's more so the radio silence from wizards on the issue they don't really Mm -hmm. like acknowledge this they just you know it's just a thing that happens people complain about it they make another few secret layers and they release a new set same thing happens people complain about it and the whole time they just say absolutely nothing about it the last time they even acknowledged this was in dominaria when they changed the card stock but all they said was that they're changing the card stock they didn't say we're changing the card stock because cards are coming bent they're uh, curling anything they just said nothing like that they just said New card stock. That's it. So <laughs> that know, was that the doesn't... heading on the memo to, to every <laughs> every magic player ever. New card stock. That's it. New card stock. That's yep. it. <laughs> and then it's like one of those emojis, like, I don't know, sorry, with the shoulders up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's a feel I feel like that's how it is, but I mean, didn't we get the same treatment from Wizards when we were talking about reprints as well? Like we would ask for certain yeah. reprints, we'd never see them. Like how many times uh, did people scream at Gavin about Fetchlands and wanting to see Fetchlands in every single set ever? You know, and then they said, "Oh, we're going to get Fetchlands in 2020." And where did we get them? We got them in a secret layer. You know, we I think we got them somewhere else. Oh, we got them in the Zendikar Expedition. Uh, Zendikar, Zendikar Rising. Rising. Yeah. So, which actually, I mean, ironically, did help the price more than I thought it would. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it wasn't I mean, the I, the mass printing that I it sounded like they were going for, but I digress. I mean, that's that's a whole different topic that we can talk about later is, is <laughs> fetch lands and reprints and stuff, because I mean, like, yeah. let's let's be honest, they could they could print fetch lands from now until eternity and it still wouldn't be enough. The price would still be like 50, 60 bucks for a card. Not well, not necessarily. The thing I mean, is it'd probably be in the 20s, 20s and 30s. Yeah, because look, Kant's Tarkir has been out of print for how many years now? Seven, six, uh, seven, maybe eight years. It now. came out in 2015, didn't it? 15? Yep, 2015. Oh, I was, I was confusing it with Return to Ravnica. Yes, so it's were. been out of print for a few, uh, like, you know, five years now. The fetch lands that were printed in standard in that set are still in the $20 range. And sometimes you could get like a windswept heath or one of the lesser desired fetches for under $20, depending on condition. That's insane. Like, look yeah. how much that printing helped those cards. And those were previously like $60, $70 fetch lands when they were only an onslaught. But they just don't print them in standard. They're. They don't want to because of the, you know, shuffling is bad. That, that mentality. Shuffling which... is not bad. How much do we shuffle in the first three turns of a game of commander though? You know, it's usually All turn saying... one, fetch land, go get a land, yep. play something else, play a dork or look, something. Next look, turn, look, look. you're going to cultivate or, you know, you're going to far seek into, or something else and you shuffle again. All I'm saying Shuffling's is why. I think, I think commander players love shuffling. I love shuffling. Like, I'll sit here like during my actual work day with a deck and I'll just be sitting here shuffling. Oh, yeah, no it's reason. therapeutic. It's, it's actually therapeutic. <laughs> no reason. 
So yeah, wizards, we don't want to hear this no shuffling nonsense. It's mainly for we standard apparently, because like on coverage, shuffling sounds and looks bad. It takes too long. Things like you that. Have, you have but, monsters out there who riffle shuffle their like expensive decks. I do that. Yeah. The thing is though, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, why would they bother shortening the phrase for shuffle your library to just shuffle if they weren't going to use shuffling and standard? That's a good Maybe there question. was a plan to do it. Maybe there was a plan to to have some shuffling be more prominent and then, I don't know, someone said something and they're like, oh no, we got to appease these people. And how will it affect the price of the Fetchland reprints in Modern Horizons 2? Because we know that's coming. That That is guaranteed. Because they're just going to say shuffle. They're not going to say shuffle your library. And I'm wondering, I'm actually curious, and this might sound like a very small detail, but Magic players like to nitpick, but the new Fetchlands, the reprints, are going to say, search your library for like a, an island or a mountain, and then shuffle. That's it. They won't say shuffle your library. And I'm actually curious if people will desire those more, because there's less words over the previous ones. Hmm. I feel like whenever we are able to like shorten phrases or add new keywords like they did with mill in 2021 uh the core set 2021 it kind of feels like because we're able to shorten those text boxes down we can add more text to the card and makes more cards more even more broken you know you're just shoving more words on the card you know instead of saying you know uh target player puts the top four of his or or was top four of their library in his or her library in his or her graveyard it just says target player mills four and then you have all this extra space in the bottom to be like, and do this, 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 yeah. this, and this, and shuffle. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, actually. I didn't, I didn't think about that until just now, and you just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's Yeah, I mean, that's that's why I love like these unscripted episodes where we just get on and talk, because I'm just like, anything could come out of my brain at any time and just... But that makes sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Like, yeah. especially with the, the power creep that it seems they're going with these days, where like, every set has to have some sort of busted mechanic or some busted card. Like if they could shorten every phrase to like three words, they can do, yeah, target opponent mills a card and then you play a card from their graveyard and then you yeah, exile and then their you graveyard. Do this. You don't, and it's a one that. mana artifact or one mana enchantment. You're like, yeah, what yeah. is this effect? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is this card? Um, actually speaking of power creep a little bit, uh, we are going to go to an ad break right now. So we're going to go and hear a message from our sponsors right now. Welcome back from that ad break. I hope you had a lot of fun in that little combat phase that we have. We're going to go to main phase two now. And we were talking in the ad break about gameplay channels and gameplay. So Corey's going to kind of tell us how he does that behind the scenes a little bit there. And just, you know, get a little bit of insight if you're looking to start a gameplay channel. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... It's it's easy. It can see, okay, let me back up. It can seem very daunting and it can seem very overwhelming. Um, I mean, I, I, I went to school for video production uh, back in the day, which was a very long time ago. Um, and so I kind of I kind of came into this with, a, you know, video editing background, but uh, you really don't need it. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Like I, I learned a lot of what I learned uh, in the last couple of years from watching YouTube to be you know completely frank. But I mean, right now, I think is the easiest time to get into gameplay videos and gameplay editing um, with everybody being home and using webcams versus like, you know, trying to suspend a GoPro uh, from someone's ceiling and then duct taping a a microphone to an armchair or something like near you, Um, you know, with webcams and everyone has a decent microphone or a headset, you know, earbud microphone 
uh, I think right now is the easiest way to, to kind of get into it. Um, and then it just, you know, depends on how you want to edit. There's a ton of different editing programs out there. Uh, I, I personally use um, Premiere Pro through Adobe. Uh, I don't know. I think I pay for it yearly, uh, which is crazy. But um, it's, I think, one of the better video editing software tools out there. Um, and then, yeah, you just kind of, you go into it, you play your games, um, you do your recordings on whatever recording software you want to use. We use OBS Studio uh, over here. And yeah, then you just kind of go in and edit and the, the editing can, again, seem pretty daunting and seem like it's going to take a long time. And uh, you, you get this ebb and flow as you go. And it's it's become a process that I've, I've kind of narrowed and, and worked on for a long time. And, and yeah, you kind of get into this this cadence of knowing where you want your cuts to be and knowing where you want your main story beats to be. And um, I like to do cutaways to like, if someone makes like a, a TV show reference or like a quote of something, uh, I'll like generally, I'll cut away to like that quote or something from the show um, and just kind of like have fun with it. Oh um, man. I'm going to have so much fun when we do our, uh, our, our gameplay collab. Yeah. Cause I like to make so many references and like, <clears throat> I have this habit of, if one word is the same as a word as a song I know, I'll sing that line or just like hum <laughs> that line. Oh man, I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna put you through your paces on that one. <laughs> that's that's how that's what I do with the show community. Yeah, I love I community. If, I will reference community no more than a hundred times in like a day. <laughs> I love that show more than anything in the world. Oh, and man. I constantly like someone will say any like someone will just say the color green, or like the word green. And I just started thinking about all these Greendale quotes. I can say like, it's my, my fiance is pretty over it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I know that I feeling constantly <laughs> do great uh, community quotes and she hates it. Um, so like there's a, there's at least one community cutaway in every deck tech that I've done. I think maybe there's one that isn't that, that, that doesn't have one, but uh, like if you watch the, the Yorn deck tech, there's definitely one there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's one in Tybalt. Um, so yeah, they're all over the place. You'll see them. I love it. That's so good. Such yeah, a good show to, to to quote as well. It's so many, so many good quotes in that in in that show. Too many good quotes, really. <clears throat> and I don't think Paul's seen it either. Have you, Paul? No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> He's very sheltered, this boy. But I mean, we love. Him. I'm not sheltered. I'm just not much of a TV show <laughs> slash movie person. That's okay. Just watch the first season of Community. Yeah, it. that's pretty much all you need to really watch is the first season. Everything else after that is just the you know the cherry on top. Yeah, and it's on Netflix. Like seasons, uh, it is. Except they got rid of the best episode, which saddens me to my core. But again, it's a topic for another day. Yeah, so the D and D episode they got rid of. Yeah, yeah, which is very sad. I had to go and find that somewhere else so I could watch it because it's like one of my favorite episodes. It's oh yeah. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, anytime <laughs> I play like a, a like an MMO, I always make a magician or a mage called Brutalitops. <laughs> it's just yes. everything about everything um, about my life. I haven't played an MMO in forever. Like I started actually, playing the World of Warcraft again recently. Yeah, the last one I played was uh, Warcraft Classic or World of Warcraft Classic, yeah. and and yep. I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm gonna play more Magic because that's when the world started ending and like you know this uh, yeah. when this when the world started to end i was playing diablo and i was playing a lot of like okay know, action, like yeah. a lot of action rpgs that that's my usual go-to game um and then i've been i played wow back in the beta i played wow all the way up until like god 
what was it legion i think it was like religiously okay and then yeah. i kind of just i kind of just got over it um yeah that tends to happen you know what i mean like it's yeah. it wasn't what it was anymore i was just doing world quest after world quest after world quest and yeah yep. I jumped back into classic because i loved classic and was playing a two-handed uh what is it fury uh wind fury totem wind fury build uh for the okay. shaman so it's yep. like yep. oh here's my big old like thousand crits and you're gonna die but yeah you know, i also do love the uh what is it the uh the the Pimpyro one-shot mage build that was hanging around for yeah. a while. Yeah, I've, I've swapped to an ice mage just to, to mix things up from doing the, the pyro mage or the fire mage. Yep. Um, but, I mean, I guess speaking of Diablo, are you going to do? Are you gonna play the, the Magic Legends? I actually tried to... Subs- yeah, I, I tried to get in for the uh, the technical alpha. Um, yep. I had a mate who, who got in for the technical alpha but couldn't install the installer to get the game downloaded. Uh, so he was yeah. kind of bummed about it, but... I mean, yeah. Once it comes out, and if if I can run it on my PC, because it's a little, yeah, it's a little dinosaur. It's a little, little triceratops <laughs> at the moment. That's, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> if I can run open beta, open Legends, beta starts tomorrow. Oh man! Like if, like I said, if I can get into that beta, and if I can, if I can run it, and and I'll be all over that thing. Because yeah. again, that kind of puts two of my favorite things together: and action RPGs like Diablo one and two, and three. Kind of, yeah, it was there, yeah. and magic. And I'm kind of intrigued to see how they're going to do it because they did say it was like you build a book or you build like a spell a book or something. A yeah, deck. you build a spell yeah. book deck basically. And it's it's like all card names from from actual magic cards, which is a little weird because uh, you're like, obviously being commander players, we kind of, I, I think we have a, a wider base, like knowledge base of cards. So you're like, Cyclonic Rift in that game is like, you just throw water at somebody like that's that, that no, really that's what it's supposed like, to do. But that's got to bounce all of your opponent's equipment off them. And back yeah. into their head, right? Or like all their spells back I, into their head. I played it. I played an early build back in um, at PAX East last yep. year. And it was pretty fun. It was very Diablo-esque. And it was, you know, typical action RPG mechanics and style. And it was cool. I mean, I'm, I'm going to try the beta tomorrow and see how it goes. And go from there. Yeah, we'll uh, have to queue up and uh, see if we can get in the beta together. Why not? Yeah. Go and sling yeah. some spells outside of slinging spells. I know the whole <laughs> life just revolves around magic related things. I know. Right. And it's so good. You know, instead of yeah. rolling need or greed, you can just uh, play a game of magic. Whenever you come a piece of a piece of equipment that both people need, do a little one V one. Ooh. <laughs> Whoever wins right. that duel, uh, gets a little piece Shahrazad of action. Just games within <laughs> games. <laughs> oh man. We, I, Paul and Paul, you know how I feel about Shaharazad as a card. Yeah, it's very strange that you're mentioning such a neat card because we literally just talked about this last week. Yeah, we did. Our last episode was <laughs> uh, we talked about all the all the banned cards, and I was like, it can come off the list. It can come off the ban list. I I like this card way too much. I want to play Magic inside of Magic. I want I want you know my Christopher Nolan experience <laughs> inside of Magic. How many layers deep can you go? <laughs> That's it. Because I'd have like multiples of in there and just Shaharazad yeah. and just Shaharazading into Jeez. copying the spell because no thanks <laughs> i'm gonna pass on that one oh it's, it's heaps of fun though <laughs> maybe i would you'd try get, it once maybe i'd give it get I, so would, I would play that dick one time what do you <laughs> do you so, just put like another playmat on top of your playmat and just peel them away as you go i don't know oh actually that's not a bad idea see i was thinking like you could just like change tables and just like you know have multiple tables set up in, in your house 
and then just move tables to each game so you're like always constantly going you know up and down the layers of of the dream state as you would call yeah. it i guess interesting i think you guys are ignoring the bigger picture here what's if that you copy Sharazad on the stack you have to remember what the stack was before Sharazad resolved and then after you finish that sub game come back and resolve the stack exactly as it was Matt, you already broke my for, brain mate. <laughs> but then no 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 <laughs> just well if it was just, just write it down on a bit of paper and what card yeah. is what and what targeting what leave the cards there with shaharazad and like all right cool let's go play this sub game play that and then come back and be like all right cool this one's resolved everyone's lost half of their life points yada 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 and then move on down the stack i mean we also say james had a lot of wrong opinions on that episode <laughs> 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 they're not wrong if they're my opinions <laughs> They're just not the same as everybody else's opinions because I want to play with those broken cards. Like, I want to flip cards in the air and just see where it lands. Um, right. Well, since we have a guest, I want to take advantage of us having a guest. Uh, yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not particularly great at interviews, so I'm just going to ask a couple of questions <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, sure. When did you start playing, Corey? Um, so I started playing... So I played originally played back in high school around... Planar Chaos. Okay. I think that is that the one like with the, the little swirl? It's like a it's like a spiral set symbol. It's like the, no, the two chains. It's like the uh, it looks no, like it wasn't two pieces of, I don't know. Of, of a chain. If it was a spiral, that sounds like Scourge, I think. I don't remember. It was a long time. It was, it's just like a <laughs> like a fat spiral. I can't remember. It's like it's plain something. I don't know. Not plain chase, that doesn't sound right. Oh, uh, uh, uh plain plain shift? Plain shift? Plain shift. Plain shift. Yes. Uh, yeah, there we go. Um so I yeah I started I started playing back then in high school and I had a friend who he beat me in every single we just would get the like the precon like expert decks and we would just play at like our kitchen table and he would beat me in every single game and then I had this like table flip moment and I said I'm never playing this game again this is stupid <laughs> I'm gonna send these cards to the hell dimension um, and I never and I stopped <laughs> to the playing. Realm. I just never picked it up again. <laughs> Um, and then I started playing again seriously back in 2015 uh, or maybe 2014 because uh, M15 had just come out. Um, and we had a pretty, uh, pretty religious play group where we played every single Sunday. We all at the time worked in the same place um, for a retail store. So we all had Sundays off. So we would work the Sunday shift and then we'd all get off at the same time and we'd go to someone's house and we'd just sit and play from like 7 p.m. till 3 in the morning. Um, and yeah, we've been playing for the most part that that same core group has stuck together except for one or two people have kind of fallen off or moved away um so yeah i guess recently we've been i've been playing since about 2015 2014 2015 so seven years eight years geez i don't know something like that six seven years math is hard and uh when did you start playing commander in particular started playing commander probably two years after we started playing so we uh it would have been what's the first commander deck I built? Um, it was Send Triplets, but it was after after Battle for Zendikar had come out. So I think it was it was around Battle for Zendikar and Eldritch Moon region. I believe that's twenty fifteen, uh, maybe early twenty sixteen. Uh, early twenty sixteen, yeah, because that, that's when I yeah. got back into playing standard. <clears throat> that's when I so, yeah, that's was, when was, I came back into playing Magic. It's good. It's a good era. Good <laughs> you said the first deck you built was send triplets yeah is that, is that, that correct? was a terrible idea <laughs> what's that uh, um are you still so what if i asked you as a magic player yep. what your color identity is 
And this could be a guild. Yeah. It could be a wedge. Doesn't matter. What would you say you started off as? Uh, started off as would have been uh, Simic. Simic. Blue okay. green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, blue blue is my my color of choice, um, and I know people get a lot of hate for it. But I love it. I don't know. I love I love it's because blue is the most powerful. Yeah, it's okay. the most powerful and, uh, color. What about these days? What would you? What what is Corey's uh, color identity? I'm um so I'm uh, somewhere in the middle of Jeskai and Teamer. I've added red and white to okay, so my way more confusing of fun stuff. <laughs> What's that? Way more confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of a solid two colors, like I don't know if I'm this wedge or this wedge. <laughs> yeah, well, He's I would say at I'm. The same time, I'm probably yeah, mm. I'm probably more on the teamer side. Um, the the blue and red. So I I tend to build either is it decks or or three color teamer decks. Those are that's my that's my sweet spot. Um, if I had to like narrow it down, I would say is it. So blue red, that's where I want to be. That's kind of the stuff I want to do. Fair enough. I, yeah. I myself started off as Selesnia, uh, despite my first deck being five color artifacts with Child of Lara at the helm. That was a bad idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thought Centrip was a bad that idea. Would, I think it would be fun for people to go back and make their very first commander deck again and just try and play it now, like after having some years under their belts and see how it goes. Well, mine's actually, actually like largely intact. The five color Golos deck I mentioned earlier is actually just rework version of my. Uh, oh, nice! That deck I just mentioned. It's just I can't bring myself can't, to completely. I'm not allowed to play my Golos deck. <laughs> Why is that, Corey? Uh, it's an extra turns deck. Ah, that's, that's weird. That's, you know, all you need me to know, and James. <laughs> this is this is a, this is kind of a trope on this show where we always talk about how Golos can do everything, and uh, yeah. me and James actually realized literally between. Myself, him, and another friend of ours, we actually have four different Golos decks that all do something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So we can actually have a pot of Golos, but no deck is the same. Yeah, Paul has his (laughs) five-color artifact deck. Uh, Our other mate has a uh, Eldrazi one. Um, I have the Mill one. So mine's mine's a a Golos Mill deck, and it's, it's so janky, and it's a lot of fun to play. People don't like yeah. having their board wiped or milling their libraries. And then I cannot remember the fourth one. I have a second goalless deck, which is. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Paul's got two of them because he's just that fancy. <laughs> well, goalless is fun. Goalless is super fun. I People don't like them, but I think it's great. Uh, uh, I think the weirdest <laughs> Golos deck that I've seen was a win slash lose tribal deck. So every card hmm. either said you win the game or you lose the game or some sort of version of that. It was, yeah, it was so weird. And it was like when I first started playing on another server bef- before we started playing on this one. And uh, yeah, I was like, send me that deck list because I want to talk about it. And I don't think we ever actually got around to talking about it because we just nope. kept having other things coming up and coming up and coming <laughs> up. And uh, this is its shout out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, Corey. Yeah. What was your experience with Ikoria? And I'm only asking this because that's where we started this podcast. And uh, I guess it's sure. just to harken back to the old days. Ikoria sure, is the yeah. old days? Um, <laughs> back in my day when we had Mutate. <laughs> um, Funnily I, enough, that's going to be someone's line. Like That's going to happen in the next 10 years and be like, yeah. back in my day, we had 
mutate. We were snap drawing onto people, and we were bloody. Oh, what is that called? The the swarm, the scoot swarms. Scoot swarm. Scoots. Oh, oh god, so many scoot swarms. Um, yeah, I I love Ikoria. I think it was an awesome set. I love the theme of it. I love the big monster uh, kind of motif. Um, the Godzilla thing, I could have taken or leave or, or left it. I'm not a huge Godzilla fan, so like that wasn't really a draw. The comic style was awesome. Um, those were some big chase cards for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought Mutate was a great mechanic. I still think it's a great mechanic. Um, I love the triomes. Yeah. For, I mean, for me that I thought that was, I don't think it was the best, the best set. It's not my favorite set, but it's definitely, it's up there as being, you know, I think one of the better ones or more flavorful ones rather that we've seen in recent times. It's actually pretty reassuring to hear that. Cause that set does, I feel like gets a lot of hate. Um, yeah. and I feel like it's for a multitude of reasons. Personally, for me, I was excited when I first saw it revealed. It was called a layer of behemoths, but I come from a background of Final Fantasy, where a behemoth is, you know, yeah. like this. I have a very specific design of a behemoth in mind, and yep. Red I, I didn't see many behemoths, you know? I didn't see many intangers, yeah. uh, things like that, you know, all these Final Fantasy creatures that I'm used to. And just for me, it was like, I was excited about it, and it just it didn't deliver for me. But I, yeah. I agree that a lot of the ideas, like... That 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 comic book art or the is that what it's officially called? Is it comic style? I guess. I thought it was uh, yeah, it's called comic style. <laughs> Wasn't it? I thought it was. It's their version of showcase, I guess. Yeah. I, I I think it's one of the most unique special printings they've done, and I yeah. think that was their first totally. attempt at it. Right? That was the first time uh, they did that. Second, because they did the uh, the showcases in Throne of Eldraine, which is where it all started with the collectors packs. Did they have special art though, or were they just full, like extended art? Uh, no, they had they had special art. Uh, they had a whole special border, um, and their foiling yeah. I think was a little different as well. I have a couple on yeah. the piece of furniture that's right next to the recording studio, um, but I'm not going to open the door to try and grab a, a stack of cards <laughs> at the moment. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think yeah, it that's was what, the that's comic what, style, but it was. It was a different art. It, they had like all art for those frames. Yeah. Right, but like it was so well done and nice looking yeah it was so unique compared to the actual set that it just it stood out a lot it still does um totally. you know as opposed to like caldime where the art is actually kind of bland on most of the alternate art cards and the border is like okay at best it just yeah you know. I, yeah <laughs> i really wanted them with icoria to do like a crossover with capcom's monster hunter because that, that to cool. me would have been Ooh, yeah. like phenomenal like Makes imagine sense. getting like instead of getting like a snap decks or whatever it's called just a rathalos king of wyverns you know it seems like a flying seven seven for seven that has fire breathing and can partner with Rathian, Queen of the Skies. There all right, go. I just made I just made two cards. Look, I make requests <laughs> from I make requests all the time, but Gavin, if you're listening, <laughs> I would love a secret layer that that is a crossover Final Fantasy that has like Nicol Bolas or something skinned as Bahamut. Oh, like Neo Bahamut, Neo Bahamut, Bahamut Zero. I don't care. Just, We're just showing know, off how nerdy we are now. Deliver, all right? <laughs> Very interesting. I know Final Fantasy IX and Final Fantasy X. I can talk about those two. Final Fantasy IX is my favorite game of all time. Yeah. But that was the first That was, was the first game I played over and over again. It was Final Fantasy IX. I love it. I played Final Fantasy X 
for at least 1500 hours to the point where I'm like, so sorry. I finished out the um the sphere grid on advanced sphere grid and i was pretty much just going to the last boss and just one-shotting like hitting jacked with like one auto attack and then having have him pulling his sword out and spoiler oh, alert spoilers spoiler alert my bad <laughs> um yeah it was just weird and then going to like Yevon yeah. after that and smacking him down and going to all the dark the uh the dark aeons and just having to be you know like walking up to dark bahamut and just one auto attack and he's at half health I was like, yeah, I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> um, as we uh, wind down here, I guess, to the the close, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Corey, is there anything else that you want to share? Maybe something that's coming up in the future that's excited that you're excited about, either personal or magic? Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, we're, we're going to be doing some secret layer giveaways in the next couple months. Um, we have a few that we're picked up that we have extras of so we're going to be doing those giveaways soon uh so some more information will be kind of brought out on those uh over the next few weeks um i mean we we basically we post videos on the channel like every day except for sundays uh with a couple of days here and there where it's just we didn't have something kind of queued up but um yeah i mean if if you're looking for content we we pretty much have a new video every day so definitely check out the youtube channel and uh you can find something you like there hopefully yeah, I'll have the uh, the their YouTube channel in the uh, show notes below for everybody if they want to go and check it out, as well as your Twitter Twitter handle if they want to get it at you yeah. and how they can enter that giveaway. Yeah, we're terrible at Twitter, so like, it, it help us out. <laughs> we have no Twitter <laughs> followers. I don't know how to interact with people on Twitter. Like, that was just like Twitter. Twitter's just a little bit before my time or after my time. I don't know. I'm in my 30s. So I don't know how Twitter works. Um, you know what's funny I is that I, I was a Twitter guy. I, and James caught on pretty quick after that. <laughs> James yeah. just likes to wake up in the morning and scroll through Facebook and gets bored with Facebook and then goes to Twitter because everything's magic related. And I'm like, ooh. Yeah. And then someone will say something like six hours ago, six hours ago. And I'm like, oh, there's my two cents about that card or <laughs> my two cents about this topic, yada, yada, yada. And yep. yeah, I just, I scroll through it more than I'd usually should. And I kind of, you know, between certain hours of the day, I don't touch Twitter. I don't touch any social media. I just get my work done and everything here on the channel. And yeah. Yeah. Otherwise I would spend all day on Reddit and Twitter and Instagram. League. I know how that goes. League. We're, <laughs> let's not talk we're about much that. more, uh, yeah, we're much more active on Instagram. That's our, that's our platform yeah. of choice, but we're definitely on Twitter too. So, okay. Well, we can leave, like yeah. I said, I'll, I'll leave all your socials in the, uh, in the show notes below there. Sweet. And, I just want to thank you for coming on, Corey. I hope you had a lot of oh, fun thank here. Thank you at the guys. Arms this, podcast. Is, this is a ton of fun. This is the first, uh, first show that I've been on other than ours. So I, pre- I appreciate oh, it. Awesome. This is awesome. my first time. I was so nervous, everybody. <laughs> Jeez. I hope nah, I did just, okay. Just get behind the microphone and just, you know, talk nice. about whatever. Whatever comes up is what we talk about. And that's, that's what I love about nice. this show. And I'm sure we'll have you back on a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? We're, and we're going to get you, we're going to get you on some of our gameplays too. So, uh, yeah. yeah. That'd awesome. Be. Awesome. So if you guys want to get in contact with us, you can do that through our Twitter. You can find that. You can find us on Twitter at CMDR at arms. You can get us at Instagram, which is commander.at.arms. We have all of our other show socials in the show notes below. If you want to support us, you can do that through our TCG affiliate link, where you can pick up singles and sealed product while still supporting local game shops. If you want to rep the Commander Arms logo across your chest with a fancy brand new shirt, you can do that through the link in the description below. You can pick up one of those and wrap it down the street and then you can tell people who we are. 
Also, don't forget that you can support us directly through patreon.com forward slash commander at arms. And with that, Paul, do you have anything else you wanted to say at the end here? Um, I just want to thank Corey again for coming on. And I'm going to do my usual spiel, which Corey can now hear in person. Uh, (laughs) Even if this is the only episode you ever have or ever will listen to of Commander at Arms, we really appreciate it, both me and James. It means a lot to us. Uh, You took the time out of your day to do it. And, you know, that 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 is something to be acknowledged. So thank you again, Uh, Corey. Thank you. Please, everybody. Give Corey some love on the Twitters and socials and YouTube and etc. Thank you. Oh, shucks. Thanks, guys. And with that, I'm James. I'm Paul. And you've been listening to the newest episode of the Commander Arms podcast. Peace. See ya.